the Jets address their glaring need at the tackle position by signing Dwayne Brown. I'll tell you everything you need to know about this signing today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday, August 11th, 2022, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you so much for making this show your first listen or your first watch every day. This show is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give the episode a big thumbs up. It helps the channel out and it helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Well, the Jets made a move at tackle today. They signed veteran Dwayne Brown. It's a two-year deal worth up to $22 million dollars. It's no huge surprise. Dwayne Brown actually had a free agent visit with the Jets over the weekend before Mekhi Becton even got hurt. So there was clearly mutual interest between the player and the team, and I'm sure that interest increased on both sides. Brown became more of a necessity after the Jets lost Mekhi Becton for the season on Monday, and the Jets probably became more attractive to Brown because last weekend when he was speaking with them, it was really for a backup tackle job because we knew George Fant was going to be the starting left tackle. Makai Becton was going to be the starting right tackle. Well, after Becton goes down, suddenly the Jets are a team that can offer Dwayne Brown some playing time, a chance to start. Did that make the price go up? It's not really clear. There actually were reports that there were some other teams interested in Dwayne Brown. And normally this time of year, I might be a little skeptical, but Dwayne Brown has a really good track record, a five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. This time of year... Occasionally, there's a guy out there who can be useful. Is that going to be Dwayne Brown? Well, the Jets certainly hope so, because Jets need a tackle. I think the Jets had to make a move. There's just no way they could go into the season. I think there was one way the Jets could go into the season with what they had, and that's if Max Mitchell was just totally outperforming expectations. In a world where the rookie fourth-round pick out of Louisiana was really going out there and impressing people. When he was, if he was more ready than the Jets realized, because fourth-round pick, as much as you may think they have potential, you're probably not drafting a player in the fourth round to start immediately. You're drafting them because you think they have the tools that they need to eventually develop into a good player. So maybe if Max Mitchell went out there and surprised everybody and looked completely pro-ready, the Jets could go into the season with him, but it's felt like they had to make a move from the outside. And listen, I, I don't know if I'm going to use the, the term good move. There were just a lot of really unattractive possibilities for the Jets. This might be the least bad of the moves. This might be the least uh, unattractive possibility in getting Dwayne Brown. As I mentioned, five-time Pro Bowler, made the Pro Bowl last year. I'm very skeptical that he played at the Pro Bowl level. If you listen to what Seattle set fans say, listen to what Seattle media says. I've watched, you know, I've started watching him a little bit. Usually players are not available on August 11th. If they really were at a pro playing at a pro bowl level last year, Brown approaching 37 years of age. And really the Jets are just hoping they can squeeze another good year out of him. They're hoping Brown has, I guess he's got a two year contract. So the Jets would love to get two good years out of him. And now the Jets do have a Another tackle under contract next year. George Fant, of course, is in the final year of his contract. You don't know what you're going to get out of Mekhi Becton. 
I wonder whether they gave him a two-year deal just to have another option next year. If Brown plays well, then he would be under contract since this is a two-year deal. But the Jets, they really just had to make an external move. And there really weren't many other options. I'm actually surprised Daryl Williams, the former Buffalo Bill, former Carolina Panther, did not generate more interest. But here's the thing. I've always thought this guy was a pretty good player. It's, but it's not like the Jets are the only team ignoring him. I, I don't want to hearing. I'm not hearing buzz for him from anybody. So I, I kind of wonder what's going on there. Your other options. Was there even anybody available on the trade market? I've heard. You know, last yesterday we did our mailbag show, and lots of the questions were about potential trades the Jets could make at the right tackle position. But players got to be available to make a trade, and there are some players on the NFL on the trade block. I've not heard many tackles, at least many starting caliber tackles, who were open on the trade block. The other option, maybe internally, you kick Elijah Vera Tucker out to right tackle, but that comes with its own pitfalls. First of all, and I think most importantly, pretty much every projection had Vera Tucker that I saw had Vera Tucker as a guard in the NFL. Maybe you can get away with it for a short term playing him a tackle, but I'm not sure he's a guy who could hold up for 17 games. And then you also have the complication of, are you messing with his development? You've already moved him from the left side to the right side. Do you really want to move him out to tackle for a year, then move him back to guard? Maybe not the end of the world. I said this with Becton. It may not be the end of the world, but I, I don't know that you want to get into the habit of moving a young player around all that frequently. So really that leaves you with Dwayne Brown, a guy who has had an excellent career. There's no question about it. Earlier in his career, this would have been a tremendous find for the Jets. At this point of his career, I think the question, you know, the, the question is, how much does he have left in the tank? Can he give you another good year? That's pretty much what the Jets need. And he's making around $11 million a year. Am I happy to be paying Dwayne Brown $11 million if I'm the Jets? I mean, the Jets may have to restructure some deals to fit him under the cap because the Jets did not have a lot of cap space to begin with. It feels like a lot of money to me for Dwayne Brown at this point of his career. It's less than ideal, but if the alternative is playing Connor McDermott or Chuma Idogo or even Max Mitchell, at least the rookie version of Max Mitchell at right tackle, I think you probably do take that. I do. I think you probably do pay that price for Dwayne Brown. It was something I was thinking about earlier this afternoon, and I can't kind of came down on the side of you got to do everything in your power to help Zach Wilson this year. So that means maybe paying more than you'd like to, more than is ideal for a player like Dwayne Brown, even at this stage of his career. It's probably something you have to do. It's always felt like the most logical move, at least since Brown visited last weekend. It felt like there was mutual interest anyway. So I, I kind of saw you kind of saw it coming together the last couple of days again, especially because there was already interest before Mackay Becton got injured. So if Brown was thinking about coming to the Jets as a backup, if the Jets were thinking Brown would be a pretty good backup, even though we feel pretty good about our starters, when, once Becton goes down, that just gives everybody more incentive to get something done. Because, again, Jets become more attractive. A guy like Brown at this point in his career, he probably wants to play. The Jets, obviously, they went from looking for tackle depth to looking for somebody who can start at the right tackle position. And, you know, we're not clear who's going to start where. Uh, you know, Dwayne Brown and George Fant actually were teammates in Seattle for a stretch, and Brown always played the left tackle spot. But it just felt like this was going to happen. 
the Jets had to do something. It, staying put was just not an option. It, it, there was never going to be an attractive option out. There was never going to be a move that you just felt like took this line to the next level. The thing that would take the line to the next level would have been Makai Becton delivering this year, and unfortunately he got hurt. So a move that on paper seems logical, a move that, you know, people, you can say, oh, this they got a five-time Pro Bowler, they got a Pro Bowler from 2021. That's kind of misrepresenting where, where the Jets are after this move. But if your choices are Dwayne Brown, Chuma Edoga, Connor McDermott, or rookie Max Mitchell, you know, maybe not, you know, hopefully year two, year three, year four Max Mitchell is a different story. But rookie Max Mitchell versus Dwayne Brown, even at this stage of his career, I think you probably go Dwayne Brown. And I think it's tough to argue otherwise. And I don't think it's a great option, but I think it makes the Jets better. I, I kind of view it the same way as signing Quan Alexander at the linebacker position. Was Quan Alexander a great signing that changed the defense? Not really. But are the Jets a better team because Quan Alexander is here? Yeah. Are the Jets a better team because Dwayne Brown is here? Yeah. It was the best option that was available. It's not saying it's a good option. It's just saying it's the best option that was available. And if Brown can give you somewhere near the quality of play what Morgan Moses provided with the Jets last year, and listen, Morgan Moses was not an all-pro. Morgan Moses had some bad moments, but Morgan Moses solidified the right tackle position. If Dwayne Brown can give you that, that's a big boost for the Jets. And it's certainly better than anything else you could expect. You hope he can give you that. But of course, as with any move, there are some questions that follow this signing. And ahead here on the Locked on Jets podcast, we're going to discuss some of the questions that may arise from the Jets signing Dwayne Brown. That's as we continue on this Thursday episode of Locked on Jets. Today, the Jets signed Dwayne Brown. Tomorrow, they play their first preseason game. All of this excitement, you should treat yourself. And there's no better way to treat yourself than with a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. All bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And let me introduce you to a new favorite. It's cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture. They have real cookie dough chunks. And yes, they are covered in 100% real chocolate, just like all the other Built Bars. You're a cookie dough fan like I am. You're going to absolutely love it. These are absolutely delicious. And not only that, they're good for you. Built Bar has a lot of protein in it. It's not bad. All bars are only 160 calories. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's a new promo code. It's LOCKEDON15. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, number one, number five. For 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listener, your first watch every day. This show is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today we're talking about the Jets signing Dwayne Brown. The veteran tackle comes to New York, a two-year deal worth up to $22 million. Gives the Jets another tackle on, under contract for 2023, in addition to everything else, in addition to him filling in for Mekhi Becton. Now, as with any move, there are some questions that, that follow this signing and we're going to talk about some of those questions. Now, the first question is how the Jets align on the offensive line. Because Dwayne Brown has played left tackle primarily through his career, and George Fant has bounced between right tackle and left tackle. And Robert Sala told us the rationale behind putting George Fant at left tackle and Mekhi Becton at right tackle is that Fant feels a lot more comfortable at left tackle. There's a theory out there that Fant played his best football at left tackle last year. Not so good at right tackle in 2020 for the Jets. 
I, I'm not sure how much I buy that. I've been very skeptical of this so far. On the other hand, do you really want a guy you signed on August 11th to be stuck at right ta left tackle? I have some questions with that. So I'm not sure how the Jets are going to align this thing. We know Fant and Brown are going to be the two tackles, and then Seattle, when the two played together, Brown was the left tackle, Fant was the right tackle. Fant has shown more versatility through his career, but the Jets have played up this idea that Fant is a left tackle, so will they backtrack on this? I, I don't think it's as big of a deal as p other people do, so I don't really have a big problem with it, aside from the reality that guy you're signing the day before your first preseason game could be your left tackle. There's something that seems a little odd about that, which leads me to the next question. Does this offensive line have enough time to gel? That's an open question. In an ideal world, you know, I think it's tough. There are not many teams that have quality offensive line depth in today's NFL. It's tough to find offensive line play. And anybody who's good, usually starting, and you're probably not going to find it in free agency. There are certain spots where you're going to find somebody, it's got to be in the draft. And I think that's part of the reason the Jets drafted Max Mitchell this year is that they want him to be that kind of guy. They want him to develop into a quality, if nothing else, a backup it's tough to find quality depth. That said, you know, I do look at this, and Dwayne Brown was out there a month ago, and I don't know, maybe he was waiting for the right offer. You know, maybe the Jets weren't willing to pay him $11 million until he became a starter. You know, maybe they weren't willing to pay him $11 million to be a backup. Maybe Brown was waiting for a situation like this where team got desperate. But I really wish Dwayne Brown was under con I would feel a lot better about this if Dwayne Brown was under contract a month ago and had the full training camp to get acclimated to things. I mean, I've we've been through this before. A couple of years ago, the Jets did this with Ryan Khalil. They brought him in after camp had begun, and he was not ready by the start of the season. Now, of course, a couple differences between this and Khalil. First of all, Khalil's playing center. Center's a trickier spot because you're helping the quarterback out, making the calls, you're making sure everybody's lined up correctly, you could change the line calls. You don't have to do that as much as tackle a tackle. So that's one thing. Another thing... Khalil had retired, so Khalil was not really staying in shape to be to get himself ready for the season. Dwayne Brown, it's been pretty clear he was going to play this season, so it's not as pronounced. You know, it, it might be an easier road for Dwayne Brown to get himself into shape to get ready to play because he's been at least preparing as though he's going to play for the season. I think part of it with Khalil was mentally he kind of checked out of football. It seemed like and he just was not ready to go. So. There's that element, but still, you only have a couple of weeks to get ready. And offensive line play, there's a lot about chemistry. There's a lot about continuity. Now, I do think on the if you do move George Fant over to the right side of the line, even though you're kind of switching his angles, he did play next to Elijah Vera Tucker last year. So I think there is a degree of comfort level on that side of the line. But Dwayne Brown, can he get ready to play with Lake and Tomlinson if, and, uh, or Elijah Vera Tucker? I mean, I don't think the Jets, I've not yet to hear the Jets announce what their alignment's going to be up front. But it's going to be a challenge to get up to speed this quickly, both in terms of learning the full playbook, understanding the system, and getting used to the game. More importantly, more than any of these things, these other things are maybe a little bit more surmountable than you realize, but they're challenges. But the real challenge, I think, is going to be getting used to playing to, next to next to a new guy in just a couple of weeks. You're not going to have a lot of time to get ready for that. And early in the season, how many hiccups are there going to be because you're not used to how a guy handles a stunt or something like that. It takes time to learn how the other guy's going to react uh, to a situation in real time. So that's another thing to consider. And the third question I have is just, how ready is Brown? 
just talked about it. A little bit different than Ryan Khalil, but, you know, there's staying in shape, staying in good physical condition, and there's being in good football shape. Brown's obviously not going to play tomorrow night. How many preseason reps is he going to get, though? I'm skeptical at the idea preseason is super, super important, but there are areas where it matters. And yes, I do think that's a spot where good game reps, reps in game action is a type of thing with a new offensive line that can help because there's only so much you can simulate in practice. But, you know, he's got to get used to playing in pads. He's got to get used to hitting. It's going to be a challenge after, you know, sitting out this much and you know entering the t- entering this roster in the middle of training camp there is going to be an adjustment period for Dwayne Brown now he's got some time to get ready for it but it's it's a question how when's he going to begin practicing when's he going to start taking first team reps and how many preseason reps will he get is he going to be ready to play by the end of the preseason these are questions and this is one of the things that makes this a challenge in an ideal world Mackay Becton starting for the Jets you're feeling good about things. He's got a couple of weeks under his belt, working on, at his new position. Dwayne Brown, you're kind of throwing him in late in the game. He's a guy who's been an excellent player through his career, but I think you know clearly his best days are behind him. How much can you get from him? It's a challenge. But as we close out today's episode of the Lockdown Jets podcast, I'll offer some final thoughts on this signing. That's as we finish here on this Thursday. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Thursday as the Jets have made a move on the offensive line, a move that had to be made. They signed Dwayne Brown. Doing nothing was not an option. This year's too important for Zach Wilson. I said this yesterday. I, I do feel like maybe you can get by if one of your offensive linemen is really bad, but you don't want to have to learn. And I think Dwayne Brown, he's not the player he used to be, but he's better than what the Jets had. I think the Jets are a better team today than they were yesterday from having Dwayne Brown on them. Let, let's talk about expectations. I think anybody expecting Dwayne Brown to be at his peak is going to be disappointed. The question is, can you get a good year out of him? That's really, you're just trying to get the last good football out of Dwayne Brown. You're not looking for a guy to be an impact player. Listen, you're, you're already on your third tackle. He's essentially your third tackle. The Jets, were, the Jets were looking at bringing him in as the primary backup of the tackle position. So I almost don't view him as a starter. I view him as a backup. If you told me the Jets were going to have Dwayne Brown as a backup this year, you know, I think I would have been pretty happy with that if that's what you had told me. So what are you looking for out of a backup? You know, the phrase hold the fort comes to mind. You're just looking for someone to play credible football. This is a Jets team that on paper, heading into the week, looked like it had a really strong offensive line. I think that offensive line is less strong now. You've Now, Becton was always a bit of a projection, but you had a guy who was really going to be a bulldozer in the run game who had shown some ability as a pass blocker in his rookie year. Now you're getting a guy who has been one of the elite tackles of his generation, but again, a guy near the end of his career. Now, I mentioned Morgan Moses earlier. Dwayne Brown's a different player. I think Dwayne Brown's going to probably give you more in pass protection, less in run blocking than Morgan Moses. But I think for, for me, the objective here is just don't make right tackle a weakness. Now, in some ways, I think Dwayne Brown's serving his purpose because he's going to be better than Chuma Idoga. He's going to be better than Connor McDermott. He's going to be better than rookie Max Mitchell. So in some ways, that makes him worth it to begin with. But if he can just be a credible lineman, this line still has the potential to be very good for the Jets if Fant can continue his level of play, if Lakin Tomlinson works as well as he did in San Francisco, if Connor McGovern continues to be a good player, if Elijah Vera Tucker develops. They're still not necessarily a weak spot on this offensive line if everybody, if everybody performs 
up to their level up to their expected level of play that's not, the, not something you could say a day ago when you were looking at one of these unproven guys playing right tackle and at the end of the day the Jets still have made some good moves in the offseason. They still went out and got Brees Hall. You still have that one-two punch out of the backfield with Hall and Carter. You still have Garrett Wilson, who you just drafted. Elijah Moore, potential breakout candidate. Corey Davis, a solid starter, if nothing else. So there still are pieces in place. Really, for Brown, for me, it's don't be a weakness. Don't be a glaring weakness the way the guys who would have been there were going to be for the Jets. That's why they had to make this move. So I'm not looking at Dwayne Brown and saying he's got to be vintage Dwayne Brown. I'm just saying, you know what? He's got a little bit of good football left. He got, we got one more year we can get out of him. He's going to play a big role for the Jets, and this signing will be worth it. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Big shout-out to subscribers to this show. To join that group, just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening or watching, and please give the show a five-star review if you enjoy it. Big thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube as well. It helps the channel out, and it helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week and talk about the preseason opener. Jets-Eagles tomorrow night. Get ready.